Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henry. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel, Ohio. Our text today, Luke chapter 12, verse 49 to 59. Luke chapter 12, verses 49 to 59. And, and so it's a very relevant passage today. Jesus is talking to us about understanding the times. And in doing so, he's going to give us three characteristics about knowing the times in which we live. So turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 12, verse 49, as we begin. And listen, the first characteristic off the top, if you're taking notes, the first characteristic that Jesus gives us in understanding the times and knowing the times in which we live is this. There is a dividing line. There is a dividing line. Verse 49, Jesus says this, I came to cast fire on the earth, and would that it would already be kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on, in one house, there will be five divided, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Now take a look again at verse 49, Jesus says again, I came to cast fire on the earth and would that it were already kindled. Now fire here refers to two different things. The first thing that it refers to is judgment. That is, most of the time in Jewish thought, fire was a symbol for the judgment of of God. And so Jesus views his coming kingdom as a judgment of God, in particular upon the Jews in coming decades. The second thing that it refers to is the Holy Spirit. That is, Jesus talks about the power of the Holy Spirit that will come after he completes his work. On the cross, and we're going to see his baptism in that here in verse 50 in a minute. And so, his desire in that sense, his desire is that work on the cross is done, is finished, is kindled, so that he can baptize his disciples with the Holy Spirit and fire, and they can begin to be his representatives and spread his gospel, his kingdom, across the earth. Verse 50 again. 
This is Jesus speaking. I have a baptism to be baptized with. That is, this is a reference to Jesus' suffering on the cross. That is, he was immersed in agony on our behalf. That is, Jesus paid the price for the sins of the world. Verse 50 continues, And how great is my distress until it is accomplished. That as as Jesus looks forward, he looks forward to the cross, he feels the burden of it. He is not looking forward to it. But at the same time, there is a note of joy in what he's saying. He's saying he is fixed on the accomplishment. He is fixed on the good that will come out of it. That is our salvation. That is, Jesus endured the cross looking at you. He stayed on the cross. He went through that suffering because he saw you, because he loves you. Verse 51 again. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. That is, listen, Jesus knew that his coming would bring division, and it did. In fact, one of the things that the Romans hated about Christianity was that it it ultimately tore families apart. That is, the Romans had their own ideas about love and family. They had very open marriages. They had very open sexuality, all the stuff that we have going on today. And so, listen, it it is the same today. And there is a line that is drawn when it comes to Jesus. That is, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, but our culture says that the most loving thing to do is for us to allow people to do whatever it is they want to do. But Jesus says, Jesus says, because I love you, because I made you, there are certain things that will harm you, and there are other things that will bless you. So, for example, when it comes to sex, God says sex is good. He created it. He created it to bless us, but he says the blessing place for it is between a man and a woman in a lifelong marriage covenant. And so anything, listen, anything, outside of that will harm you. It will hurt you emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Or when Jesus was speaking about marriage, he said God created them male and female. That is, listen, God created our gender. We do not choose it. And so listen, it may sound hip and compassionate to allow people to do so, but listen, ultimately, it only harms that person 
and it confuses society. Listen, there is so much confusion when we reject God's ways. And, you know, I, I don't really have to make the point very much. You know, just look around. We see it everywhere. Now, I could go right down the pike on almost every cultural issue that is in play today. But the central issue, the central issue is this, and that is the issue of authority. That is, listen, do you see Jesus and his word, the Bible, as the authority in your life over all other authorities that instructs you how to think and behave and to follow him. And listen, I say, do you, because ultimately you can only control you. Do you see Jesus as your final authority? Does he instruct you about life and what you think and what roles you play and how you submit to government and what marriage looks like and what parenting looks like and what your finances look like, all the issues of life. Do you see his word as the authority that you submit yourself to? And so listen, the answer today for most people And listen, for most Christians, and this is the problem, for most Christians, the answer is no. For most people, they pick and choose what they like and they do not like about the Bible. And so what that means is this, they decide with truth is they decide what is best not god now listen for those of us that do submit to jesus and his word it is really important for us to make sure that it is only jesus in his word that is drawing that line that is listen that it's not our fears That it's not our attitude or, you know, our tone or our own selfishness. Listen, we need to stand for truth, no doubt about it. But we need to be full of love. We need to be fully submitted to the Holy Spirit. We need to be speaking with much wisdom. Listen, we need to be way, way more thoughtful than what is being spoken today. We need to be way more winsome and gracious. And listen, then, you know, let the truth stand. Let the truth be what it is. But listen, let's not get in the way. Now, with that being said, some people will not like it. We will have division, no matter how thoughtful no matter how loving you are, it will not be received. There will be division. And so listen, Jesus says, welcome to the times. This is what is happening in our midst. 
We see it. We feel it. You experience it all the time. Well, Jesus continues, verse 54. He, that is Jesus, also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, A shower is coming, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be a scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? That is the second characteristic of understanding our times that Jesus gives us here is there is an urgency for us to know the times. There is an urgency for us to get it, to know the times that we are in. Verse 56 again, Jesus says, You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? And so Jesus rebukes the people here for not knowing how to interpret the time that they were in. He says, listen, you, you, you know how to see the signs and the patterns of the weather, and you're able to call what's going to happen. It's obvious to you. And, and so he's saying, listen, you have the prophecies of my first coming. You've seen the signs that I performed in your midst that clearly point to the fact that I am your Messiah, and yet you pretend like you do not No. Verse 54 again. Jesus says this. He said to the crowds. Now, I simply point that out to say that Jesus is speaking to everyone. That he wants everyone to interpret the times. Now, in our present time, there are many signs that reveal to us that Jesus is coming back soon. That is, listen, there is more that is said in the Bible about Jesus' second coming than his first. One out of every 30 verses in the Bible points to Jesus' second coming. And so Jesus gives us some signs to know the times that his return is soon. And so, for example, in Matthew chapter 24 and 25, Jesus, in speaking of the signs of his second coming, said, listen, there will be many false religious systems that permeate the earth, many paths to truth, many false Christs and saviors. And so that is abundant today. There will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be earthquakes. You know, we just had a 7.0 magnitude earthquake just off the coast of Greece on Friday. There will be earthquakes and pestilences, i.e. coronaviruses and all kinds of catastrophes, fires, and that sort of thing. Jesus says, because of lawlessness, 
people's hearts will grow cold. Anyone feel that today? He says that everything will be in place. The stage will be set for the temple to be built again in Jerusalem. That is all in place. That is all ready to go right now. He said the stage will be set for a one world economic system. Listen, we have the technology. We have the perceived need right now, today. He said there, the stage would be set for a one world government, a confederacy of nations, a united nations, a global governance, a global economy, a global currency. Listen, the stage is set. It is all in place. All that needs to happen is that the curtain is pulled. Now the reality is the signs of Jesus coming back have been with us for the last 2,000 years. But Jesus reveals the closer it gets to his second coming, those signs will increase with intensity and frequency right before he comes. And he compares it to birth pains. That is, when a woman is getting ready to give birth to her child, her labor pains increase with intensity and frequency. They get closer together the closer the arrival of her baby. And Jesus says, it's the same when it comes to me coming again. And so why are things so hard today? Why do people seem so cold and selfish? Why do there seem to be problems on top of problems with less reprieve in between? They just seem to come one after another. Why is there such a push for globalism, such a confusion over truth and, and just many different religions. Birth pains. Jesus has told us the times. He has let us know exactly what is happening today. And so listen, believer, be encouraged. Look up. Your blessed hope is on his way. And listen, unbeliever, repent and get right with God before it is too late. In fact, that is what Jesus says next. Take a look with me at verse 57. And why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? As you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him on the way, lest he drag you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and the officer put you in prison. I tell you, you will never get out 
until you have paid the very last penny. And so listen, the third characteristic that Jesus gives us for knowing the times, for understanding the times in which we live, is we need to understand there is a need for us to get right with God now. There is a need to get right with God now. Take a look again at verse, 70, verse 57 again. Jesus says, And why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? That is, Jesus says, listen, anybody who can judge what is right and good then knows the benefit of getting right with God before you appear before him as a judge. That is, you get right with him before you appear before his throne of judgment. Because if you wait until you appear before him as a judge, it will be too late. Verse 58 again. As you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him on the way, lest he drag you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and the officer put you in prison. Well, here is the analogy. Listen, God offers you a way to settle out of court with him before you appear before him as a judge. And the way that we settle out of court, the way that we get right with God before we go before his throne of judgment is to put our faith in Jesus Christ who died in our place on the cross. That was his point in coming the first time. He took our punishment. He paid the price for our sins. And so listen, now he offers his salvation. He offers a way to settle before we get our own judgment. He says, here, here is my offer. I paid for it. I've already settled the account. You just need to believe in me. Anyone and everyone who chooses to believe in Jesus Christ will be right with God, and you will receive salvation instead of judgment. And so I encourage you right now in this moment, understanding the times, understanding that we see God's word being fulfilled right before our eyes. It's time. It's needful. You need to get right with God now before it is too late. Verse 58, or actually verse 59, Jesus ends, I, t I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the very last penny. Well, the point of that is simply to point to the severity of the price to be paid. That is, if you ignore God's plea, you will pay for your sin in full. All of it. 
and it will be exacting. The price is exacting, and that is eternal torment in hell. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.